1: Hey friends, welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. We're really glad uh, to have you with us today. And Aubrey, yesterday just an important and great new book came out, and we're excited to have the author with us. That book uh, is called How Far to the Promised Land, and the author is Esau McCulley. Esau, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's absolutely our pleasure. You're a prof also over at Wheaton. And so Aubrey and I, we love having Wheaton people on here yeah. as two proud alum. But the book, How Far to the Promised Land? First of all, congratulations on that book coming out. But give us the background. Tell us uh, not only what is this book about, but, but why did you choose to write this book at this point in your life?
2: Yeah, um, the book kind of begins in 2017 when my father, who was a truck driver, passed away in a single-car accident. He was on oh. the truck back from, back from um, California, where he was dropping off a delivery back to Alabama. Mm. And it was a single-car accident. It just, we don't, to this day, we don't know what happened. His mm. car, the truck, this veers off the road, falls off the overpass to the one below. And um, when he had been a part of our life, um, he had, had struggled with addiction and there was a lot of abuse in, in that context. And so he had left us when we were young, and that kind of took us spiraling down the economic ladder. And so as a result of his departure and when he was in our life, it was pretty difficult. And so when he passed away, my family, through a variety of circumstances, decided that they wanted me, one of the clergymen in the family, to deliver the eulogy, oh, which wow. is tricky because I didn't I didn't really know him.
3: Yeah, wow. And
2: so anyone who's ever done a eulogy or seen a eulogy, you often have to sit down with the family to learn a little, bit, a little bit about the person. And as a clergy person, you have to tie their life and their death into the wider purposes of God. Right. And so I began to sit down with my aunts, my uncles, my siblings, my mom, my grandparents, and just to, find, to begin to find out who he was. And what began as a journey into his life became kind of a deep dive into family history and mm-hmm. processing my own my own um trauma and so mm-hmm. for me it became less a story about his eulogy but more a story about my family's life and it was called how far of the promised land because what I discovered is that for for generations in my family in the black south dealing with poverty and racism and questions of faith, there were people in my family who were struggling just trying to make a life for themselves. And mm-hmm. in some sense it wasn't just a story of a family, it was a story of America. For example, I had a grandmother who began life as a as a tenant farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the Jim Crow South, and despite wow. the fact that they didn't educate black women and she wasn't taught to read, he stayed up enough money to buy a plot of land, mm. and that plot of land was the place where my father was raised, and I like spent the first years of my life there. And that that land was eventually stolen from my family through kind of a shady business deal by uh. one of the white families in the area. And so, how far to the promised land is, is just the discussion of. Or, well, the exploration of a series of black lives that are mm-hmm. that are that are searching for God and dignity and purpose in the South, and what those lives reveal about america
3: i This is so fascinating to me because I'm guessing you didn't set out like saying yes to your father's eulogy, you weren't thinking. And now I will write a book about it. <laughs> so, <No. laughs> so somehow there's this invitation in the midst of this where you're like, this is a greater story about, yeah. you know, black men in this country and about my own legacy yeah. and then what it means to be human. Like, how did you begin to even make sense of all of that?
2: Well, like I said, you know, it's hard to return to like, I couldn't tell his story without exploring my own story because they weren't separate from one another. Mm and so, like, when my father left and my mom was raising the four of us on our own, it, it became those two things were kind of were kind of interwoven. And I realized that in the context of writing the eulogy, um, I realized that in reality, as a pastor and as a preacher, I've been preaching about my dad for most of my life. But he had often been seen as kind of this um, trauma that I overcame.
3: Mm. And
2: one of the things that adulthood gave me was perspective and sympathy. Mm-hmm. And I realized that you can't show grace to all the people outside of your family without wanting to show some of that same great people inside of your family. Wow! And what I began to see is that maybe by me telling this story, I couldn't undo the past and the things my father had done to me or us, but I could write a different ending to my story and a different ending, hopefully, for my children. And I'm, I was hoping that by, by exploring that those scars and those wounds, it might be healing for other people who have those same kinds of struggles and questions of how do you make sense of the lives of people who you love and who you care about or who are deeply flawed in some way.
1: Mm, That's powerful. I'm I'm curious with that thought, uh, was this uh, an extremely difficult book to write? Was it cathartic for you and healing a little bit of both? Talk to us about the process of digging into these deep family wounds and issues and putting it in a book.
2: This is probably the hardest book that I've ever written. Mm-hmm. I've written, I think five or six. I can't. I don't. I don't count them. But I would say that every book costs the author something because you're giving away a part of yourself and you're giving it to the world. Yeah. But I would say um, it was it was hard, but it was healing. One of the things that is always a, a thing of discernment is how much of your story do you tell so that it's not indulgent, but it also gives permission to the reader to explore their own issues and wounds and trauma. Mm. And so one of the things as a Christian that I believe that we can show our scars because we believe that Jesus is the healer. Yeah. And one of the things that Jesus does after he's raised from the dead is that he shows the people his wounds. Mm. He's going to go, look, these things happened to me, but I've overcome death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not Jesus, right? What I'm saying is like, these things happened to me, but they didn't define or break me. And so I think that sometimes as Christians, Sharing our wound, it doesn't mean that God, you know, wanted those things to happen to us, but they can become a testimony. It's kind of what Joseph does at the end of his life. He says, You missed it for evil, mm. but God meant it for good to bring about the salvation of so many people. Mm. Yeah. And so I do think that in the process of writing this book, it gave me a chance to articulate my perception of God's providence in my life and the lives of my family members. Mm. Mm. And for that in in that way it was very healing and important.
3: Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Esau Macaulay about his new book, How Far to the Promised Land, When Black Family Story of Hope and Survival in the American South. Something that I'm pretty sure you touch on in the book is this idea of like kind of our oversimplificated narratives about poverty and mobility in America. Yeah. Some of the language yeah. you hear people use, you know, black moms are welfare queens. Black dads don't work hard yeah. enough. Like just this language that's overtly racist and also just wrong. Uh, talk to us about that, yeah.
2: yeah, I think we have this idea that the only lives that matter are the lives that we which is strange for Christians to believe this, the lives that are materially successful, that mm. if you achieve an education, that you achieve uh, you know a little class, that makes you special.
3: yeah
2: and what I want to show is that you know part of a christian the basic belief that we, that we have as Christians that we're all made in the image of God that all of us are worthy of dignity, honor, and respect. And some of the very lives that we toss aside are just as revelatory about what America is as the successful lives that we define it, the way we define success. So in other words, we think, oh, if you can make it from poverty to middle class, that shows you that America works. Yep. And I want to say, well, what happens when the poverty actually breaks people? mm and it destroys their hope and their sense of the possibility of the future that is america too mm. but not only the, not only is that America too, some of those lives and the, the the very attempt in the reaching towards something is important and one of the things that, that that I really wanted to challenge is the way that we sometimes look at summaries of people's lives devoid of any context mm. And so we see someone and says, okay, they're on government assistance, therefore they must be lazy, Yeah. without any real examination of of the circumstances that led to them being in that situation. Mm. And so what I wanted to say is, these people that we want to toss to the side, their lives matter, and they're not the caricature that we think that they are. And so Mm -hmm. in telling the story of members of my family, I try to complicate these simplistic depictions, because some of the very people... That, that society tosses to the side were people who saved my life. Wow. Mm. People who, who whose love and affection gave me a hope. Because one of the things that really happens is that only the survivors get to tell the story. Yeah, right. Like the people right. who grew up in my neighborhood who didn't become authors, they don't get to tell their story.
0: Mm.
2: Because people only listen to people when they achieve a certain amount of status. What I want to say is the very people that you want to ignore I believe, are important in our children of God as well.
1: Oh, such a good word. Esau McCulley is associate professor of New Testament at Wheaton College. Uh, like he said, he's written a bunch of books, uh, one of them that we've talked about many times on the show, Reading While Black. Uh, I'd encourage you to go pick it up. And uh, his new book just came out, How Far... To the Promised Land, One Black Family Story of Hope and Survival in the American South. Esau, I uh, feel like we just scratched the surface, really? but we're really excited for you and your new book. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. You're, uh, you are listening to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life.